You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB, like us on Facebook, or rate and review us on iTunes, your podcast listen of choice. would also urge you to go ahead and follow us at Summit Hoops. Uh, Lindsay Whalen, who is with us today, is one of our followers. We're honored to have her. 24-7 coverage of women's basketball. Uh, here to talk to Lindsay about uh, that and so much more. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing very well, and uh, doing great is putting it mildly when you look at what your Minnesota Lynch are doing so far. So through, through nine games, you guys are on pace to shatter all kinds of offensive records, not just of your own making, but of the history of the league. There are some changes and some, some things that uh, Coach Shaw Rivas had you do. I'm wondering, just from your perspective, what are you seeing that is fundamentally different this year when you're bringing the ball up the court uh, on a possession-by-possession possession basis? Well, I think one thing that we've um, done a pretty good job of is, um, is some different things with spacing and just trying to um, give each other room to, to operate and, um, you know, Brunson's been hitting the three. Um, Sylvia's just been unbelievable. You can't really say enough about her. Um, just the way she's come out and started the season has been, uh, I think she's won player of the week three different times. And uh, it's just been fun to have her um, just playing at such a high level. I mean, she's such a great player, um, one of the best centers of all time. And to just see her really take her game to another level has been fun to see. And, um, you know, the rest of us have just been – doing our thing and uh everybody stepped up and had big games here or there um Simone had a game winner um you know in Dallas and and Maya's um been doing her thing and she's been getting a lot of deflections and and just you know we've all been working hard to try to um, add some different things to our game and so you know whether it's shooting the three or becoming more consistent um you know just all all of us with every aspect of the game that's what we tried to do so i think it's really interesting and vital that you started with spacing sill and rebecca brunson i was talking to sill Mm -hmm. on the podcast earlier this week about it but to me those three things are so integral the fact that you guys have nine different players who've shot five or more threes this year so far that you're uh, at about your level of total threes from all of last year personally but just Mm -hmm. to have Rebecca being able to space like that how much easier and how much clearer is it for you to be delivering the ball to sell either because there has to be a little bit of hesitation from the person who would customarily come over and double sill, or as the case was in the Seattle game, where suddenly there's single coverage on Sylvia Fowles, which is basically unheard of. Yeah, I, I think that all that has made a, a huge difference, and I think um, we know uh, Rebecca worked super hard this offseason. I you know, was working with her for a lot of it, and then she went over to Turkey mm-hmm. and even got her game to another level, so... Uh, she's been working on that game, working on her face-up game. Um, she's had, I mean, she's, you know, one of, if not the best offensive rebounder of all time. And then to add, she's always played a great defense, and then to be able to add uh, even the three has just been a total, um, you know, other weapon that she can go to, and it's just made us that much more, um, like you said, efficient and dangerous. And I, so um, we try to just, you know, take our take our shots when they're there, and if you're open, uh, shoot it. 
it, it kind of blows my mind that, like you said, this is one of the great offensive rebounders in the history of the game. Rebounding in general, she is fourth all-time in rebounding percentage in the history of the WNBA. So to have somebody who was such a, that was such a cornerstone of her game at her age 35 season to turn around and become a significantly different player in that way. Not that the rebounding has gone away, but to take her out to the perimeter when she's made two threes in her entire career coming into that, was it a surprise to you that Cheryl asked that of Rebecca? And what was that process really for both of you? Because not like you've uh, struggled with the three throughout your career, but you only took 11 of them last year. So when you guys are mm-hmm. working on that together, you know, what is that like if you could take me through your process? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, for both of us, it's the evolution of the game, both in our own personal, where we're at in our career is, um, it's what it is, we're both in our 14th year, so, um, you know, I think being able to maybe take some threes here or there, um, you know, you still want to be aggressive and still want to be attacking, which we've um, been working on as well, but um, if you can add that, I think it it just kind of helps your overall game, and so... And then it's also just the evolution of where the game is going. It's going to a lot of a lot more threes, you know, just the analytics and the statistics of all of, you know, look at the Houston Rockets this year and, um, you know, different teams that they want to get high percentage twos and threes yeah. and so end of the free throw line. So I think it's something that, you know, we've all, you know, me and, me and Rebecca have always been in our careers able to get to the, get two of those three. So we've always been able to get to the free throw line because we're aggressive players and get to the basket and get high percentage twos. Um, we've worked really hard in our mid-range games throughout the year. Now, one of the last things, um, you know, because you're always wanting to get better, is the three-point line. And so it's something that's just, um, you know, coach saw that, you know, this is the way the game is going, and this is another way that we can be more effective and um, even help our team even more. So we've really embraced it and, and tried to put it on the floor as best we could. You know, you make a, the basketball case, and obviously that is clear and present, but I also am struck by the fact that you guys, you go by offensive rating, you guys were best in the league last year already. I mean, I mean the amount of accomplishments individually just for you alone, you know, we don't have time to talk about all of them. And that's true <laughs> throughout the group, right? So was it, for you personally, intellectually, emotionally, a difficult thing to buy into and and is it a challenge for the group to buy into you know look you come a point away from winning what would have been your fourth championship in six years the offense is working so well uh, a fundamental change to the way you're doing things is you know in the case of both uh, you and Rebecca entering your 14th season what, what is that like just at an emotional intellectual level yeah you gotta be able to always be learning and always be wanting to get better and so I think that um, you know, you gotta be able to teach old dogs new tricks sometimes, you know, as, as cliche, as the cliche goes. And, and you gotta have people that are, are wanting to work on those things and wanting to get better in those areas. And, um, that's something that I think, um, me and Rebecca have, have tried to do to the best of our abilities. And, um, it's just for, for me, I watch a ton of basketball, whether it's NBA, WNBA, college. It's, I mean, you can sense that's where the game is going. You mm-hmm. just watch a game and that's what's, you know, those are things that people are really focusing on. So for me, um, like you said, I, I only took 11 threes last year. So one of my main focuses was, first of all, to take more. And then, of course, you want to make them. So, you know, it's it's all about just reps in the gym, um, working with our coaches and, um, you know, working all off offseason um, on that. And so, yeah, it was, you know, 
right away when you're, um, you know, getting used to it and you have a couple of days where you don't shoot a great and you miss, um, you know, that just means you have to, you have more work to do and you can't get frustrated. You can't get too down, but you just have to take it as, well, you know, this is what I, I need to work on and continue to get better at. And eventually the, the ball starts to, to go in a little more for you. You start to feel good. And, um, you know, that's what everybody's trying to do as, as best they can this season. Is part of that process for you also, I mean, even beyond the working on it and uh, trying to get those shots, literally looking where the three-point line is and being more conscious of it, is that a key part of this change for you personally? Yeah, and even increasing your range beyond that in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a huge thing. And so then when it comes to the game, it's maybe a step or two in from where you've been practicing. And so that's all stuff that, honestly, it all um, – you know, came from coach and, and just um, areas that she wanted to emphasize, you know, emphasis for the season and for us to focus on. And and we've uh, we've really been working hard at that. And um, it's a daily thing. It's a daily, um, you know, process for us and it's a daily focus for us. So um, the more you do it, you know, the more comfortable you are. And um, that's kind of one of the areas we've really tried to help each other out, help Syl out, help my help, help myself, you know, all those things, all those areas. Um, it's been uh, we've been able to to make some some improvements in those areas. So, do you have an expectation? You know, teams are always adjusting, and so you'd think hypothetically teams would adjust. And all right, you know, Rebecca shoots the three now, and she's at a forty percent clip so far this year. So we've got to send somebody out at her. But you're going to be sending someone at the expense of either additional help on Sylvia Fowles, who has so far this year a player efficiency rating of 38.1, which would be the best in the history of the league, beyond anything Lauren Jackson ever did even. Or, alternatively, you're taking some of the help away from covering Maya Moore, who's done a thing or two herself in this league. So mm-hmm. is, is there any reason to expect, and do you expect defenses to shift in that way? Um. You know, I think it'll be a night-by-night thing and a, and a game-by-game basis on what different teams, um, you know, scouting reports look like on us. And, and that's where, you know, that's the old, that's where it becomes, you know, fun because teams are going to adjust and, you know, we're going to have to adjust back. And um, that's where it gets into the, you know, the fun back and forth for, um, you know, for coaches and, you know, point guards like myself where it's the kind of the game within the game. And um, so, yeah, you just have to see what – teams are doing each night and you know see which what uh you know kind of which what scheme they're they're trying to do and and us to when they when they make an adjustment or they take something away try to um you know go to the next thing or maybe it's you know maybe it's the easy play or the next pass type thing and and everybody's willing to make that so um when it comes when it comes to that time you just have to be uh, ready and willing to either shoot it or pass it and and see how that what that particular night um you know is going to bring well and so i i don't want to make too much of this num this set of numbers because it's out of a two-week span but i'm wondering whether it corresponds with what you're seeing over the last two weeks your offensive rating as a team is 122.1 uh per 100 possessions i i mean it's just this absurd number that would blow away anything that's been done in the lead it's a small sample for sure, but the track record for you for the entire lineup, not to mention the second unit, which is filled with talent, is one that indicates a real good possibility that that may represent close to the true talent. And so I'm wondering whether, first of all, on a night in Seattle where 
there was an adjustment made, and then Soto's for 26 points and a half, and then there's an adjustment made, and I believe you, you scored, I know, double digits in the third quarter, as did Rebecca. Whether you felt like that was the most effective the offense had ever been in your time in Minnesota, and then the second half of that question is whether you think this Minnesota Lynch team has a chance to be the best Minnesota Lynch team you've ever played on. Well, I think first and foremost, um, that game in Seattle, um, I thought that, uh, I, I don't know, I did think that that was one of the better games we played in a while. It fell both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, like you said, it started with Phil. Um, I was pretty aggressive that game as well. So I thought that we got off to a good start. And um, there was a run in the second quarter. Um, I was out, actually, and um, it was Renee and then the other four starters. And that was one of the better runs that I've been, I mean, I was a part of, but watching from the bench, and I can remember everyone in that in that time span had a touch, had a shot, made an assist, got a steal, whatever it was. And so, you know, when you're t- playing team basketball, it's you know something with you know, like you said, the offensive ratings and things. Those kind of come with sharing the ball and making the extra pass, making the play for the teammate. All those things, you know, you're not thinking about them on the floor, but all those numbers and things kind of come from you know sharing the ball being a good teammate, all of those things, being active on the defensive end. And, um, you know, to your other question, I, I hope we're always improving. So I hope every season is a chance for us to be our best. I mean, why not? You know, it's um, we've been going at this for a lot of years. There's a lot of great teams in the league. And uh, I think every everyone should always be striving to be better and to be, you know, a better whatever, is better team, better teammate. Um, better shooter, better on defense, all those things um, you want to improve on. So, you know, I hope so. I hope we're getting better, and I hope we're able to continue to, you know, take the video that we watch from the coaches and continue to improve. And, um, you know, time will tell on all of that, but that's our kind of our focus every day is work on the little things and, and go into each night ready for a, ready for a, a hard-fought game. And if it's practice, get ready for a, a great practice. And, that's kind of our mindset. I can appreciate the hope. I, I can also say that you've set a virtually impossible standard for yourself, being uh, three-time champions and effectively two games away from five championships in six years. So the fact that you guys have found another deer uh, seems astonishing, although I guess perhaps if that's the mindset and you're filled with great talent top to bottom, it makes sense. But uh, I, fascinating to see. And, and just to that last point, you know, I think the first moment that I noticed something uh, akin to that was the way you guys put away the Liberty earlier this year when you were in New York, and there was that period of time where it went from close to not close in the fourth quarter, and each of the four starters other than you made a basket on consecutive possessions. You delivered three of the assists. So the ability to share and the ability to have five players capable of making those plays at any one time I think is a real separator. But let's move beyond... Uh, the Minnesota greatness question, because I think we'll be coming back to that uh, throughout the season. Uh, to a couple other things, I, I want to talk for you personally first, uh, a record that you recently captured, and that is, and, and you captured and then spoke eloquently, I thought about it on social media, to be the winningest player in the history of the WNBA. And, you know, look, in, in conversations and interviews, I, I know you are quick to credit your teammates as well, and and understandably so, but just personally, were you able to take a step back and think uh, uh, at least a little bit about 
what it meant for you to accomplish this singularly, that you are the one who, have won, who has won the most games in the history of this league? Yeah, I was able to, actually. Um, I, I don't know. It was, um, let's see, it was in Washington, so it uh, I was on a, you know, Friday night, and I don't know, I was just kind of talking with um, with our coaches and just about how, uh, I don't know, just kind of celebrating it a little um, with the team, and then we were just kind of hanging out, and you kind of think back to all the, all the games, but everything before that, and everything it kind of took to get into the league, and kind of, you know, like, you know, that's why I, um, I wanted to try to reach a lot of um, younger girls and boys, for that matter. Um, just in, if you you know put the time in, put the hard work in, um, you know things can really happen for you. And I thought back to all the times of going to open gym and going to AU with my parents and them, you know, <laughs> parting us all around. Cause I have <laughs> four younger brothers and sisters, so yeah. going to all that stuff was not always easy for them and it, yeah I did take a little time I think being a little older in my career sometimes you can appreciate those things a little more than just the you know when things like this do happen um then you know just on to the next you know you know for that night it's okay to maybe think back on all the times because it goes fast it goes really fast and I uh yeah I just felt like I had that I had uh you know I wanted to say I guess what I had to say I don't go on social media uh, uh, that often to, um, you know, put, put things out there like that. But I thought it was maybe maybe time for that, and hopefully I could inspire, you know, like I said, some future players to break the record. And they might already be in the league. Who knows? And they might, uh, they might also be in third or fourth grade and watching the games and looking up to us as players, and that's what you really want. So, um, yeah, I hope it all, uh, you know, went over well and um, it was definitely a, a fun accomplishment and a fun night for sure. So I'm curious whether it was an accomplishment that was in your mind. It's an atypical uh, accomplishment. It's not something that necessarily people talk about, uh, mostly because it's it's so impossibly hard to imagine reaching it for a variety of reasons. But in, for someone who is, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know, a, a, a three-time lead champion, a Euro Cup winner. Um, I know you're on the list of the, the 20 best players in the history of the league. I, I, I'm selling you short no matter how long this list goes on for. And we're only talking about professionally. We're not even talking about all the things that you did in college. I'm wondering what it is that's left for you in your mind to chase after. Are there goals in mind that you want to reach as a player, as a team, are there numbers that you have in mind? You know, how does how do you process that relative to everything you've already done? Well, I think um, I I really I didn't know about the wins um, achievement coming into the season. Um, honestly, I I found out it was close maybe uh, maybe a month ago after we had won. Maybe I was like maybe our fourth or fifth game, and I think I had tied Delisha for second ever, and then tied Twin, and then was able to break it, um, like you said, but, so I know I haven't, I wasn't really going into the season having any knowledge of that, um, that that record was out there, so it was, you know, kind of, so it's kind of good, because then you're not thinking about too much, because stuff like that can kind of sometimes, um, you know, get in your way of uh, what you're trying to accomplish, which is, of course, the win, but, you know, sometimes you might 
do something a little different or think, oh, you know, maybe, you know, tonight's the night. You can't really think of that even though it's out there. You try to just focus on your, in your matchup or what, you know, what we want to run on this given night or what's working well for us. So, um, but, yeah, what's left is um, hopefully a lot. Hopefully a lot yeah. of good, hopefully a lot of good stuff. I mean, I don't know. There's no real, I don't have any, uh, you know, anything too, you know, too, as far as the timetable, I don't have anything really kind of um, locked in. I mean, every year we're out here, you know, we're trying to win a championship. So, obviously, we fell short last year, and we're trying to, you know, put together the building blocks right now um, to be able to put ourselves back in a good spot to, to make a run at it again. So, um, you know, when you when you played in the league, as long as um, some of us have on the team and you've been around, you want to, you want to enjoy it and you want to kind of just take it day to day and enjoy every, every game and every practice. And, and hopefully that means that's for a bunch more years. And, uh, but you never know. So you want to just enjoy it as much as you can. Wow. Certainly. I, I can't imagine playing like, uh, like this, that you'd want to, uh, to stop anytime soon. So I can certainly understand that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am curious, but, but before uh, we wrap up here, it was interesting when I talked to Syl the other day about, she was talking about a recent conversation uh, that she and uh, her teammates had had uh, about being in Minnesota and that it was uh, relatively new to her and strange to her, you know, as uh, a young woman who grew up in Miami, who went to college at LSU, mm-hmm. and, you know, geographically, it couldn't be further from your experience where, you know, arguably they're going to end up renaming the state of Minnesota Lindsay Whalen, which I'm, you know, <laughs> looking forward to and should be interesting to see. And so I I thought of that when I read an article today by Kevin Pelton over at ESPN talking about the potential for a territorial draft and what it would mean to have a player who had built up, you know, either, you know, through high school and being a star there, being a star in college, uh, that that team would have the rights to draft that player, you know, so you potentially could have been in Minnesota from day one of your professional Mm -hmm. career, or, you know, Kelsey Plum would have been in Seattle instead of San Antonio, Mm -hmm. and things of that sort. I'm wondering what you think the pluses and minuses are, and whether you think that would be something that could be inherently good for the league. Well, I think that kind of comes up every so often, right? That comes up every couple years, and... um, you know, it's uh, it's it'd be an interesting thing. It would definitely, um, you know, I think right away if you have a player like Kelsey Plum who just had a um, you know amazing college career, and you know, I think right away there would be a obviously a huge huge buzz that she'd now be playing professionally, or um, you know, Diana in Connecticut, whatnot. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know because I had you know such a really when I left Minnesota when. Connecticut drafted me I was able to really go out there and just kind of I was able to be my own person and kind of really grow up out there and hmm. I didn't have the pressure of my home state and oh you just came off a of final four now you know okay now the finals you know it's like it just doesn't happen that easy and you're, you're all of a sudden you're a rookie and you're um you know a lot you know the players have been playing this league for nine and ten years they're the best in the world so right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting because I think I just had such a good experience in Connecticut too when I was able to kind of take, I was out there for six years and I was able to kind of get away from being here and being in the hometown 
um, you know, spotlight or whatever, if you if you will. And I was able to go out there and you know, kind of grow up a little more. And uh, so I don't know. It, it, it'd be probably good for the fan bases, but the individual players, it might be it might be kind of tough because there's going to be a lot of expectations on a on a player coming out that just achieved a lot in college and. It's different than going against a sophomore in college than going up against, you know, Lisa Leslie or Sue Bird or somebody like that. All of a sudden, you're going against a player that has been doing this forever, and um, that, that would be tough. But, um, yeah, I don't know. To be determined, huh? To be determined for sure. And yeah. Of course, uh, as a result, we we miss out on uh, an alternative history where there's a Lindsey Well and Rachel Bannum backcourt. Uh, and yeah. of course, if you had gone to Minnesota right away and it had been a territorial draft, you know, I, I don't know if there are any uh, good players who have gone to college in Connecticut. So, you know, the Sun would have uh, been in a lot of trouble because I don't think there are any collegiate programs out there <laughs> that are doing anything. Um, you right. know, I guess oh, Quinnipiac. Yeah, but, yeah um, that would be something, huh? It would be. So, Lindsey Whalen. They would have a pretty good team. Yes. Yes, they would. Uh, such yep. a pleasure to chat with you. Um, so happy for all your success, and uh, looking forward to our paths crossing again soon. Thank you for taking the time to chat. All right, sounds great. Thanks for having me. And a thank you to our listeners, and a reminder: you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB, like us on Facebook, and I would just urge you all to rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. More ratings, more reviews helps us get into more ears, and that's real important to us and to the game of women's basketball as well, so I'm sure to you as well. Also, don't forget, go search Women's Hoops on either iOS or Android, uh, either of those app stores, to be able to download the Summit Basketball app 24-7, access to women's basketball. If there's something important in the world of women's basketball, you can set it to get alerts. You can make sure that you are up to date at all times. Only app of its kind. Make sure you go ahead and download it. I'm Howard Meddahl wishing you a wonderful day.